Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Welcome to episode 261, where this one's fun. Uh, a couple friends of mine that were fired from their radio job, and this is a music podcast, and I just want to talk about that. Like, how'd they find out? It, it, it's a very insider thing, but I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're kind of an insider anyway. You probably wonder how radio works. And their names are Carla Marie and Anthony, and they were fired from their job in Seattle, and they were kind of taken on and off air, on and off air, on and off air. But, um, yeah, and I think I was just bringing them in to ask about the firing, but it turned into a whole conversation about their career in radio, which I liked. Didn't you think it's good? I thought it was good. Well, listeners will tell us, but I thought it was good. Um, so it's a little behind the scenes and how radio works. Also, we'll talk to Damon Whiteside, the president of the ACMs, because the ACMs are Wednesday. And then Eddie will be by, and we'll do the number one songs that were dirtier than WAP, which means wet. Blank, blank. Yeah. <laughs> but there are songs that you may not even know they were that dirty. We'll do that here too. So I picked five songs that are new music that I've been most interested in. I got to say, none of these am I excited to just have. Okay. But this week is like the five songs I'm most interested in. Um, number five is Of Monsters and Men. They're kind of hit and miss with me, but when they hit, they hit hard. Like I love them. Sometimes they're a little weird. Of Monsters and Men, they released a new track called Visitor. Okay, I may like that one. Joe Keery from Stranger Things. You know which kid he is? Uh, Steve. The kid with the hair. Yeah, the curly hair kid. Yeah. yeah, he has a funky new song out called Keep Your Head Up as his musical alter ego, DJO. Pretty cool, huh? I like it. Kind of the... Justin Timberlake falsetto type thing going on. That's number four. Uh, number three, Reba released her new album, Rumor Has It, which originally came out September 4th, 1990. It features Fancy, but here's a brand new version of Fancy. It is a, a dance remix. She said, 
Dan and Shay released an acoustic version of their song, I Should Probably Go to Bed. I should probably go to bed. I should probably turn off my phone. And Ingrid Andrus put out a cover of Dua Lipa's Don't Stop Now. Here you go. Don't show up. Don't come out. Don't start caring about me now. Yeah, that. Um, other things coming out. Riley Green has an EP out called If It Wasn't For Trucks. Florida Georgia Line has a song called Long Live. Looking at things that didn't make the list but also are mentionable. Kelsey Ballerini released her new album, Ballerini, which is the same as Kelsey. Her other record, just I think just acoustic. Mickey Guyton has an EP called Bridges. Marilyn Manson has a new album out called We Are Chaos. Young Boy Never Broke Again has a new album called Top. Flaming Lips have American Head. I think that's it for what I see here. Uh, quick music news. Dolly Parton lands first Christian airplane number one. Here you go. Enjoy this clip. Dolly tops the chart with her collaboration with Zach Williams. There was Jesus. So congratulations to Dolly. Jay DeMarcus has advice on how not to suck in country music. Uh, number one, you should always be true to yourself. If you follow trends, that's what everybody else is doing. You won't have your own identity whenever things sucks. And so your music will suck. His other advice is don't be afraid to collaborate with someone outside of your comfort zone. Can agree with that. Billboard's song of the summer is the baby rock star. Number two is the weekend blinding lights. Number three was what's poppin' from Jack Harlow. What's poppin'? Featuring the baby. Megan the Stallion featuring Beyonce Savage at four. And then at number five, St. John Roses. The home invader Eminem confronted earlier this year told him that he was there to kill him. At the time, it was reported he wanted a meeting with the rapper, but now it wasn't friendly. You see that story, Mike? Yeah. What'd you take from it? I mean, that's crazy because when I first heard about it, it was like, oh, I just wanted to meet you and like hang out with you. And now it's like, no, I was there to murder you. And then Beastie Boys announced career-spanning compilation album. Beastie Boy music is out October 23rd. 20 best of compilation. I'm Beastie Boy. Yeah, I probably already have all this stuff anyway. Um, all right. Enjoy that. I think you'll like this podcast. It's a, it's a little inside, what they call inside baseball with the radio guys here. But um, check it out. ACMs. Eddie comes on, talk about WAP. There's some funny songs that you don't even know are probably dirty. That are really dirty. All right. Enjoy. Uh, see you guys. All right. In studio now with Carla, Marie, and Anthony, who... Were you guys were on in Seattle? Yep. Mm-hmm. And for four and a half years, and now you're not. <laughs> yeah, that's the story. <laughs> Which is interesting to me, and I don't know how much you guys are willing to talk about that situation. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Openly, you don't care. Yeah. Um, that you guys have been so open on social media yeah. about it, where you guys got the axe and radio. Yeah. In a city that you're not really from, and now it's like, do you keep? My thought is, do you keep living in Seattle? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have asked that, and I think. One of the things that we made a point to do when we moved to Seattle, because we're both originally from New Jersey, um, we made it a point to make Seattle our home when we got there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird now because I do love the city, but I also know that my options probably don't live in Seattle anymore. So it's like this weird 
breakup thing going on, like who keep the dog kind of thing, you know, where even though I love being there, I know that the future probably isn't there, but we're going to kind of stay there until we figure out what the future does hold. So you're, that's going to be home until there's a different home. I Yeah. I mean, I own my house there. I haven't even lived there a whole year. So mm. it doesn't make sense for me to move and then have to move again. Cause I don't, wouldn't even know where I would move to now other than in with my parents. And it also, as much as I love Seattle and I love my life there, it doesn't make sense for me to live there when my entire family is on the opposite side of the country, like the literal opposite, every single one of them. And like Anthony said, um, opportunity-wise, I don't know what would be in Seattle. So right now, yes, it's home. Maybe that changes. But to jump ship right away, to have to jump ship again, doesn't make sense. I hate moving. So, so let's go back and talk about you guys' kind of origin because you both interned for Elvis Duran. Uh, I, I was interned. part-time, kind of. Yeah. You never you never interned? I you never know. interned. I started as a uh, promotions assistant um, for the street team for 103.5 KT, which was like kind of a dance station at the time when I worked there. So I was the, the person putting up tents, doing all that stuff. And then I transitioned to become Elvis's personal assistant. You were Elvis's assistant? Yeah, he personal. was the first and worst. Yeah, first assistant. Wow. And I, it wasn't even an iHeart job at the time. Wait. It wasn't even a real radio job. He That's paid me out of, his, out of his pocket, basically. That's why Anthony is worst Anthony, because he was considered, his name on the air was worst assistant yeah. in the world. That's why it's worst Anthony? That's yeah. why it's worst Anthony. They I had no actually, idea. So there was, a, there was a reservation that was messed up. And I don't, there was a couple that this happened, but it was. But our production guy, Ronnie, as he found out the story made like on the fly, made this piece of audio that was like worst assistant in the world before I came into the studio and it just stuck. It stuck. So as I was making Instagram and Twitter handles, I was like, let's go with, it was originally worst assistant. And then as I started doing other radio stuff with other radio shows in, in uh, New York, I said, I'm going to keep the worst part and just put my actual name. <laughs> so <laughs> worst know. Anthony. You know, it's funny. The assistant thing too, is I've used that position as just a holder for some folks because I wanted them to mm -hmm. have a job until I could get them a real job. Mike, were you ever my assistant? Yep. Okay, so there, no, there it is. <laughs> Briefly. And I think I told Mike, don't, you're not going to do this very long. Yeah. But, and it wasn't really a radio assistant, but it was like a life assistant. Yeah. And so Mike Morgan, number one, mm -hmm. was also my assistant for a while. I have a great assistant now who has no interest in being in radio. That's so cool. it's fantastic. But you, so you started as, yeah. How much? And then, how much you pay you? Uh, not much, not much. But you know, it's funny. It was, but I will say this. So I remember interviewing for the job. I originally interviewed with um, what's his position now? Chief Programming Officer Tom Pullman. He needed an assistant at the time. Interviewed with him. He already had someone else in mind, so he suggested me to Elvis. And I still remember after doing the interview and going into Elvis's office, he offered me a number. And right away, because I was part-time at the time, so that number that he offered me was like the biggest number I'd ever seen in my life. 50000 Uh, Not that much. Okay. But keep in mind, I was making $7 an hour as a part-timer. Yeah. So he offered me a full-time job, and there were some zeros that I'd never seen before. <laughs> so right away, I was like, and I remember looking back now, he was like, are you sure that's all you want? Because I think what he did was he had, he a, number, he had a number that was probably higher <laughs> than he was willing to go to. But I was so excited for the job. I just said, yeah, absolutely. But I'll how are it. you supposed to know when you're new, you right? Exactly. When I was offered my first morning show job, I was, you know, I was doing nights in Austin. I'd been offered to go to Seattle at the time and do a night show there. I was 22, maybe 20. And I was like, I went and told my boss. I wasn't even on a contract in Austin. And I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if this is working out for me here. The station was in the toilet. We had a syndicated morning show that wasn't, didn't have any traction. And so they were thinking about flipping the station. I was like, it's not working. I think I'm going to go do 
nights in Seattle, bigger market than Austin, and mm -hmm. just give me. And I felt good about this. It was like I think it was Kiss FM in Seattle at the time. <laughs> which so it, it would have been pop music. It would have been top forty. Well, I wasn't top forty. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was like, "Okay, well, what else would you want?" And I said, just throwing it out there. I said, "Well, listen, one day I'm going to do mornings. I'm going to be a massive morning show host." <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, well, you're a little too young for that now." And I was like, "I get it." But but I'm, I'm going to do it one day. So that was the goal. I was like, don't be the guy that didn't ever give me the shot that I'm going to look back on and be like, you never gave me. So just left. He didn't offer me anything. I came in, and they offered me $50,000. And it's a I was making that basically doing nights, like, mm. like eight fifty dollars an hour doing nighttime radio. And your offer is $50,000. I was like, yep, I'll take it. I'll, yeah. You know what? I'll yeah. take, you know what? Make it forty five. dollars However, I'll do it. the same thing. I <laughs> right? think they were, but I didn't have anybody that I was working with. I knew no better. No. no. I think they were, and I said, I'll take it. And they were like, you will? I was like, I'll sign the contract right yeah. now. I don't even need, and that's what I did. I think I actually ran, at some point, I remember cutting off that meeting because I was like, I'm away. Yep. Like, that's how nervous <laughs> I was. I was like, yeah, yeah absolutely. I get it. And kind of just walked away. And Because when, when you're broke yeah. and someone throws you a lifeline, you grab that freaking thing. That's what I did, yeah. and hold on tight. But I learned a lot from that. I'm mm -hmm. glad that whole experience happened. Oh, absolutely! I learned so much from Elvis, and then I became his video guy, and kind of became kind of this jack of all trades producer thing. He ever yell at you? A couple times. As his personal assistant. Not not that bad though, considering how much I messed yeah, up in the beginning. What Anthony did. He did. He did very right by me. So I got. So would you go to his place? About. Like you go to his house? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's pretty nice? They, he well he and he'll he'll talk about this. He had a couple places. Um, one that he has since sold, but it, that thing was crazy. Dang, I'm so yeah. jealous. But I don't think he ever lived in that house. <laughs> Which is insane. Which, but not like, not like, oh, I have so many houses, I can't live in one. I think his life changed a little bit after he bought the house, so he decided not to move in. Dang, that's the goal. Yeah. To have houses you don't hey, even go to. did you sign an NDA to work as Ellis' assistant? I don't know if I signed anything. I think I just started working. I think I just started working for him, um, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. So, but he has a place in New Mexico too. Mm -hmm. Did you ever go there? I haven't. Oh. Although he has offered it. He said, hey, if you ever end up in New Mexico, you can stay there. So you're, you're with Elvis and you, you're now as the video guy. Did you have video skills before then? Or no, did you, I just kind of started. Hey, listen, raise your hand and go, I'll yeah. do it and then yeah. figure it out. I agree completely. So you're, you're a video guy. When do you two meet? When I got hired, I would say it was 2010. So I had interned prior at the station doing different things. And for then, Z100. For Z100 New York, yeah. And then uh, in the digital department, when we didn't have a digital department, like I was the intern doing all the photos. Like I took pictures of the Jay-Z interviews. And didn't he like yell at you or something? Yeah, as an intern. Because we didn't have what we have now. We don't have a hub. We didn't have a hub like we do, which is crazy. So that got me in the door because I was the only person in the building with an SLR camera. So I was around all the time. And then I got hired to answer the phones for Elvis. And that's when Anthony and I actually met. But yeah, same thing, $10 an hour. I made 16 grand my first year in radio. And I lived with my parents to be able to do all of it. But commuting into New York City, I was spending like $500 a month to get to work. How were you getting to work? I would drive, but parking was like 360. Then the easy pass was like 170 yeah. a month. I couldn't like- parking, well, By the way, parking was $360 Which a is month. cheap. Which, yeah, now right. people, this is what people don't understand that's how, yeah. When people don't now understand, it's $600 in that uh, same lot. For a spot that's like, what, 10 feet long, $600 a month in downtown Manhattan to park your car. Unbelievable. And yeah. student loans. So what do your parents, and I'll start with you, Carla Marie, what do your parents think about you deciding to get into a field with no real future, no stability, no money? Like, what in the world are they telling you? My dad told me not to take the job. And my mom was like, that's so cool. Like, you've always wanted to do this since you were a kid. 
do it. But he was like $10 an hour and just went through college to do what that you were making that waitressing. He was like, don't do it. And that sucked, you know, hearing that from your dad. Like, don't take this job opportunity that I saw as like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I obviously didn't listen. Anthony, you? So my parents were supportive, but my dad always would throw these little uh, these little comments like, hey, I've got a friend who works in pharmaceutical sales. You can make more mm, money doing this. Or, you would have, though. Oh, yeah, I would have been way more money. Um, and I definitely thought about it at one point. So he would always, because he knew how little I made, because when I was taking the train from my parents' house to go to downtown Manhattan, I mean, there were times where I couldn't even pay for the train. So my dad would buy, like, that train ticket that day. Um, I actually got arrested once because I couldn't pay the train ticket, and I got... It's a whole long story. Did you jump and get on the train? Basically. Yeah. And later on, I found out six years later, there was a warrant out for my arrest for a ticket that I didn't pay when I was supposed to pay for the ticket. Nobody told me we got Billy the Kid in here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a train thief, a train robber. So they were supportive. They definitely didn't get it at first. Yeah. Um, Especially my parents are both immigrants. They both, I don't think, understood the stability or lack thereof. Um, But they were supportive. So I can't say they never told me not to do it. They probably wished I did something else, but they never told me not to. My mom had no interest in me doing radio. Not that she knew any better, but we were broke our whole life. And then she was like, you're just going to go be broke again. And luckily I was a smart kid. And she was like, why would you, why would you waste this? Why don't you go be a doctor? What did she, is that what she wanted you to do, be a in, doctor? Anything that I could use my God-given ability to read, comprehend, and um, communicate about. Because I was good at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could study and know, and I nailed ACT. I mean, you gave it to me. I could spend time with it and get it, and then regurgitate it in a way that made me feel and sound smart. And she was like, "Why don't you do something with that?" It's true, though. And I, absolutely. And I now could see if I had a kid that was doing that, I would be like, "Never, don't get anything creative." But once that creative thing is in you, Mm -hmm. you have to somehow fill that cup at least for a while, or you're always going to be left just craving. That 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 feeling of 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 using your mind to make something. Well, let me ask you this, Bobby. When because we've talked about this in the podcast at times, Carla Marie and I. When did the radio bug bite for you? When did you realize this is exactly what I want to do, and I don't know if I could do anything else? Well, two parts. When I was five years old and I was in kindergarten, they asked me what I wanted to be, and I said I want to be on the radio, oh, well. <laughs> and I want to be a stand-up comedian. That was it. And I was like, yeah. And so, but and I don't ever remember not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And when I was a girl, it was fifth grade, ninth grade, and I was like, how do you idiots not know what you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. I want to be on the freaking radio. <laughs> and whenever I was 11, 12, 13 years old, I would call the radio station every night and get on the air. They'd put me on the air. I was Bobby the Barbarian. I would introduce songs during the high five at nine. Every night, every weeknight I was on. Who was the DJ that was on the air? Well, a couple, Flying Brian was one of them. Okay. Um, and he was the one mostly that would let me on. But when I was 12, they had a contest. You could write like an essay. And I won and I got to go up. And Christmas Eve, I was 12 and I got to host the show with him. So cool. And I already knew... But it was then that I was like, okay, even if I'm broke forever, and I was 12, what do you know about being, I already knew I was broke. And yeah. I knew, I knew if, even if I'm staying the same forever, mm-hmm. if I'm doing what I love to do, I win. If I can buy groceries and pay for a mortgage, even if it's not a big fancy one, I win because I'm doing what makes me happy. And in the end, we only pursue general happiness. Yeah. And I knew I was going to get it just by doing that. Now, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. Again, I was 12, right? Um, <laughs> but then, like, I, I knew and I finished 
you know, I, I begged for a job at 17 and would, was playing right DCDs and all that. But um, yeah, that, that was when the bug got me. But again, not about me. You two are. <laughs> I know we have this ability to. You ask two are um, both now. You're an intern, and you are what when you meet? I her? was when I met her. I was were, still Elvis's assistant. I hadn't done yeah. video stuff yet. Yeah, okay. and, and Anthony had really long hair. I did. Yeah, down to my shoulders. I was and scared of him. So Carla Marie um, had no friends at the radio studio. Zero. And I, because I had my time at promotions, I had this group of this network of friends. So we would go out to lunch all the time, and I started inviting Carla Marie out to lunch with us because she would just sit at her little phone op desk by herself after everyone left because we were probably the people that stayed the latest because of our responsibilities. And we were around the same age, so yeah. and everyone, for the most part, was older. So Anthony would invite me places, but I also couldn't afford to go out to lunch in New York City, even if it was just the deli. So sometimes I'd have to be like, no, or I'll just come and get a soda. And I would start hanging out with Anthony and all of his friends at the station. But other than that, I would sit there by myself. So how in the world did you guys decide to do something together professionally? It was on... It was four years in. Was it? Yeah. It was four years into knowing each other, so 2014. You were an intern for four years? No, no, no. So, no, no, I had been working there at that time okay. when Anthony was inviting me to lunch. He wouldn't invite an intern to lunch. I think Got I did. <laughs> I think I did. Never. Well, no, because our, one of my friends had a crush on Carla Marie. Okay, well, so I So I would that. start inviting Carla Marie out oh. to lunch also to see if anything happened <laughs> this there. This is news to me, so yeah. thanks. So in 2014, <laughs> um, we there were a bunch of people on the show. Everyone had their own thing, except really the two of us whether it was getting to do different appearances for the station or uh, not necessarily podcasts. No one really had no podcasts at the them, point, no. but everyone had a different role in the show. And the two of us were like, man, like it's so hard to get on the air here because there's 16 people on this show. We're never going to grow if we can't do this. So I, Anthony was like, why don't we do a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we, was, were, we were traveling like, to an event that we both had to go film at. Um, at was it Windermere? Was the mountain? Wyndham. Wyndham. Wyndham is the real, the real estate company. <laughs> uh, Wyndham Mountain. And on the way back, we were listening to other podcasts. And we just said, why don't we do this? And we sat down, had a full meeting. Like we had That's a true. meeting essentially. To each other. <laughs> and said, all right, this is what our kind of schedule is going to look like. We'll do it on Fridays. We'll call it My Day Friday. We're not going to curse on the podcast um, because we want to pr pretend this is real radio. And we'll have topics and we'll email each other. And we did this whole thing and launched it on April 14th or 11th? 20, 2014. 2014, yeah. yeah. And just, I mean, our hobbies at the time were going out, partying, drinking with our friends. Like, that was what we did. And now it's so funny. Like, when we still do our podcast, we're like, we used to talk about going out and partying and being hungover. And now it's like, now man. Now complains about our cats. My and that's cats, our whole, my mortgage. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Now. So you guys are doing the podcast. When does that turn into someone or you guys knocking on the door and going, hey, knuckleheads, let us do this mm -hmm. on the radio somewhere? You know, it actually, Sooner than we thought in terms of half. the conversations that people had where they'd say, hey, there's this city. Um, they don't know what they're doing next for their morning show. They might have an interest in you. And that happened a couple times, no real conversations. And then one day, it was right around Christmas in 2015, was it? Yeah, mm -hmm. 2015. So like a year and a half into doing a podcast. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. And obviously, everyone had Elvis's blessing before they would ever come to us. Like, they had to go to Elvis first to make sure, hey, I'm going to reach out to Carla Marie and Anthony for this opportunity. Was that okay? But the first real opportunity was Seattle. Yeah. And we had a bunch of conversations, but couldn't talk about it because no one knew what was going on in Seattle. No one knew that these two strangers were going to fly out here and take over the station that didn't exist when we were having these conversations. And for the two of us, it was like, why not take this opportunity? To actually do something. So your first ever freaking show was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
in a big old market. Yeah. Huge. You didn't yeah. cut your teeth in nope. Paducah or me, Hot Springs, Arkansas. You went from a podcast to hosting mornings in Seattle. Yeah. A now, podcast in New York, no less. Eh, like, you know, a podcast anywhere is the same. Yeah. You know what? Okay, but we were like, that's, it was kind of hard for us though. It will sound like spoiled brats, but for me to be like, I'm in market number one. Why am I going to go to a different market? Like that was in the back. Granted, I was like number 12 on the show, but I was like, I'm in market number one. Why would I leave here? And I had to, I had to finally tell myself, you're never going to grow out of this role if you don't, if well, you don't try. It's also, I mean, with, with Elvis, and I would probably, I would put you in the same conversation. You guys, you've done so well for so long that there is, I don't know if I call it the bubble, but th- there are things that, really successful shows get to do that get to the the local level and newer shows like Carla Marie that we don't get some of the same support. And I think that was the scariest thing for us was knowing how much support Elvis got from the company and knowing that it was going to be different in Seattle. But it wasn't a national morning show and we didn't deserve that yet. No, right. So, <laughs> Which was my point. And yeah. not that you didn't deserve it, but Elvis, and I don't know a lot of his early hit because he was on Z100 when I was maybe 10. I'm yeah. not sure. So I don't remember... But for me, I, there was a lot of the small local thing when I got no support. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm glad that happened because when I finally got the support, one, I was grateful, and two, I knew how to use it. Oh, absolutely. So you're going in, but again, Seattle, you're going to get a, a good market. amount of support. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. That's, that's just nuts. But you're right. You're leaving a station in New York, going to work, but that's such a big gig. So to what station? It was originally Cube 93. They had flipped it. The day we got there, they flipped it to Power 93.3. So it was going to be this new top 40 pop station. They pivoted a couple other stations in Seattle to, to maneuver everything. And we were the first voices ever on that brand new station, which that was one of the coolest things for us. Mm-hmm. Regardless of anything else going on, moving from our friends and family, being able to launch a brand new station, not just a brand new show, was so cool. And yeah, that's an experience that like, We'll never get again, probably. Well, no. Hopefully but not. <laughs> <laughs> looking back, I often have, it's a mix of imposter syndrome, but also a dose of reality of, I don't think we deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't. Especially now, more than ever, after everything we've been through in four and a half years, I, we had no business hosting our I had show. no business getting my morning. I just said the same thing yeah. to you guys, right? Yeah. It's a, we all, that feeling happens with almost everybody. Because I just said this out loud. I didn't deserve that yeah. job. Just like you felt like you didn't deserve that job. But you again, you say, you raise your hand and say, yep, yeah. I love it. You go take it. You guys crap in your pants first day? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I remember <laughs> laying on the floor yeah. after the first show was over, just being physically exhausted because I was so nervous like, the whole time. I've listened back to the audio before. I don't know where it is now, but I can hear that my throat is like closed because <laughs> I was so nervous. You sound like one of those throat singers on yeah, the, like, that yeah. geo. <laughs> so why, I'm going to go to the bones of it all, though, but why... Carla Marie and Anthony in that order because it had to be a conversation. It was. It was. And actually, I, I hated that not because I wanted my name first, although it would have been nice, but I hated <laughs> that it was Carla Marie and Anthony and the A-N-A-N sounds back to back. I didn't like that. Um, but The podcast was My Day Friday with Anthony and Carla Marie. Yeah. The logo and everything because Anthony's friend made our logo. So his name went first and we just went with it. But when we were having the conversations about our show, um, they brought it up to us and they were like, well, we would just call it like, we think we want to call it the Carla Marie and Anthony show. Is that okay? And I was like, yes. Did you raise your hand at all and go, hey, what about Anthony and Carla Marie? I did a little bit. And and here's where I do, and we give each other a lot of crap all the time. Yeah. Um, 
But I will say this. No one would have looked at me in the light they did had it not been for Carla Marie letting me kind of ride her coattails for a little bit. Now, we're a great team together. They were short we, coattails. Huh? They were very short coattails. Short coattails, but still coattails nonetheless. And yes, we work together really well. We have kind of this divide and conquer mentality that we do. She's good at certain things. I'm good at certain things. But Carla Marie was kind of the, the star, the rising star of Elvis' show for a while. And I was the assistant slash video producer. And I got the attention that I got because we teamed up. So I, I never really had a, an actual problem with putting her name first because I knew that I only had that opportunity. And people, I mean, the only reason someone looked at my reel or my tape, if you will, is because they were looking at Carla Marie's first. And they happened to see some stuff that I did and said, hey, why don't you send me a video too? So, I mean, we can give each other crap a lot, but at the end of the day, I know that I owed a lot of my opportunity to Carla Marie. So it wasn't really a big deal for me to say, you know what, put your name first. You're the star of the show. Well, now Anthony said, whatever we do next. Well, it also Anthony. failed. Yeah, the Carla Marie Anthony flip show. A for, you're one to one now. Now you got to flip a coin. Well, the Carla Marie Anthony show failed. So, <laughs> so. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. You so the it. next one will be Carla Marie and Friends. Yeah. <laughs> this festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, 
I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new, this shirt saves lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. So in, before you got this job in Seattle, go back one step. Were there jobs that you were up for but didn't get? Um, I know there was one job in Philly for me that there were pretty who, serious who got it over you? It didn't. Um, they ended up not just, they just didn't do it. Mm. It was going to be this new role that they were going to build. Um, it was going to be actually. Well, it kind of exists now. With Steven? Yeah. With Steven? Yeah. It, at Q102 in Philly, it would be the board op for Elvis's show, but you would also pop in on the air yeah. occasionally. It would have been, if you're familiar with Elvis's show, kind of what Froggy does for South Florida, I would have been doing that kind of for Philadelphia. And that didn't work out. They just didn't do it. Thankfully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And was there anything that you two together were up for when you said these conversations were happening? No. No, I mean, there afterwards, we kind of found out that there were conversations about us happening that we weren't a part of. Always the case. Yeah. 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 Um, There was a conversation for me in D.C. I didn't know anything about it. Like, well before the idea of us hosting a show together in Seattle. Um, and then I think there was a conversation about the two of us for Atlanta. Yeah, that was a, that was a serious conversation they're having. I also forgot. Uh, I almost moved to Denver. Oh yeah, I don't God. know how I, that's, I that I completely like skipped real. over that. That was three months of just me being in like mental. Just, did they offer you something there? They did. Um, it was going to be an executive producer role on the air as well, but for, they didn't. Uh, it would have been for the party. JJ. Yeah, JJ. JJ. JJ was uh, a local host on Z100. He's now in Atlanta, but he was in Denver for a little bit, and I was going to move with him. JJ. Kincaid. Kincaid. Okay. And um, I would have gone out with him. It would have been another top 40 pop radio show, and they just, there was, like, no money in it. I, w- I basically would have been making the same or less, and I still wasn't making a lot on Elvis' show. And that's when things started picking up. There were some mm-hmm. clients and things that worked with Carla Marie and I. We were giving more, being given more opportunities. So I said, you know what? That's a full-time role and it's a step in the right direction, but I'm going to ride it out and see where this thing with Elvis and, and Carla Marie goes. You get to Seattle, you're on Cube, K-U-B-E, and it's going fine, but you guys get popped there, right? Seattle was crazy. Yeah, so about uh, two years into us being on Power, Top 40 Station, they decided to make other changes in Seattle. Take the KISS station that you, Bobby, would have gone to work for and bring that back to Top 40. So change Power Take Kiss, make it top 40 again, make power cube again. So make Which it hip hop. Yeah. So at that point, they're like, all right, you guys, you're young, you're great, you can host this morning show <laughs> for a hip hop station. I don't listen to hip hop. And I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. But they're like, no, but like, this is your job now. You have to do it. And I was like, what? And they gave us, I think, a day and a half basically of warning. So I was like, all right. And I like made a, a playlist on the iHeartRadio app of like every song that we were going to play. And I started listening to it. And I was like, man, I really love Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. Like, <laughs> this is not my jam. And But we did it. But we did it for three days. That's it? Yeah. And then they took us off. Why? What did they tell you? It just didn't sound right. Well, no crap. You told them. You felt yeah. that. Yeah. And so- now afterwards, they were like, yeah, you were right. Well, we actually told them, yeah, going into it, we said, we don't know if this is the right decision. We try. Right? We're going to, if you give us any job, we are going to work our butts off and put every ounce of energy into it. Um, 
And they, they kind of calmed us down. They played some imaging. To, we said, all right, let's do this thing. And then, yeah, three, three business days later, we got called into a off-site lunch. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I said, hey, why don't you meet us at this restaurant? And we got there, and we were like, this is not good. They fired you at a restaurant? Well, we weren't actually fired. So, yeah, this is where they didn't actually fire us. They said, we're taking you off the air. We are not firing you. We're just going to figure something out eventually. So you continue to get paid. Yeah. And then within a week, they knew that they'd put us on as a night show on the Kiss station. So you're, you're almost job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, years and years ago. <laughs> so you go and do nights at Kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who was doing mornings? Uh, Bender and Molly. Bender seems to have been on forever there. Yeah. 17 years, I think. Yeah. It seems like he may have been the show on whenever I was. He probably, he probably was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. They're on. And then were they married? No. no. So his previous co-host, it was Bender and Jackie originally. They were married. Okay, that's why I think that. Yeah, okay. they got divorced. Um, and then Molly, who was on The Bachelor. Molly and Jason Mesnick. That's like the infamous season where he picked someone else and then picked Molly. Like that was the first time that happened, like 11 mm-hmm. or 14 years ago at this point. But Molly, during The Bachelor, got to be on that radio station because Jason was from Seattle. And then years later... Became co-host there. She's a sweetheart. Did her and Bender get married too? No. no. <laughs> She's still with Jason. Okay. Oh, they're still together? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Look they're at like that. They're like one of the success, story, uh, success stories. I just automatically assumed they've been no. on The Bachelor. It didn't work out. <laughs> so, wow. By the way, being married to your co-host, oof, that would be tough. Well, I think getting divorced from your co-host it's is probably tougher. way tougher. Well, I mean, just staying married, yeah. I guess is yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Wow. And did they stay on the air after their divorce? Do you know? Uh, for a little bit, from what I know. I don't know the full I story. I know Can that, that, you imagine? I know that it happened basically on the radio, and that's not private. That's public <laughs> yeah. information. It happened, happened on the radio. What did? The that they got, their not, divorce happened on like, the radio. Not like serving divorce papers. No, no, no. They went through the process. <laughs> they decided on the air. Coming no. up at 7. Coming up at yeah. <laughs> We're not from a big personal announcement. <laughs> you put it past radio. I would not. Um, no, I think a lot of the drama played out on the air from it. So they're done. Did they fire them, that show, or did they, what's, what's that? I don't know. They let Bender go, and they moved well, Molly oh, to a different, us. for us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For um, us, yeah. They let Bender go. Uh, he's back with the company somewhere else, but they let him go and kept Molly, kept the producer on that show, and brought us in to do the morning show and have this audition process that was going to take place to find more people to join our show. Where's Molly now? Uh, she she actually seen- got let go the same day we did. We did. Oh, she was okay. hosting after, she was hosting But right that's what us. happened. She went and did her own like midday show or yeah. afternoon show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So now you're on, you're looking for co-hosts. And I think this is where uh, British Willie comes on. <laughs> English, English Evan. Evan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, English Evan. And then um, Alabama ends yep. up coming on too. Mm-hmm. So it's you four. How long were you four together as a unit? 14 months. Is it four? Yeah. Yeah. 14 months. So that's about, it's just about enough time to start to feel like, okay, we're starting to get a yeah. little traction. Yeah. Especially now. Well, right. it, was, it was also kind of crazy because our, our ride was not smooth by any means. And it wasn't anyone's fault. Like Alabama had a stroke three months Into after starting together. with us, four months after starting with us. On the air. Us. It was yeah. just insane. It was 6.40 in the morning and she had a stroke. Coming up right after the <laughs> <Yeah>. break. <laughs> no, but now I look, there's like so much where we can easily say, oh, that sucks that this happened. It sucked that that happened. But there's so many things like if our show never went through all the things that it went through. And to the point where, okay, and then Alabama and Evan joined. Who knows where in the world she would have been when she had that stroke. But because she was around people, she's alive. And so many different things happened, you know, to Seattle and all the changes. 
our paths cross. And it's like, th- there's little things like that that I hold on to where like, okay, we were supposed to be in her life for that moment because she could have been alone in a radio studio and that could have happened. And it's little things like that where I'm like, yeah, as much as life sucks at the moment or as yeah. we're going through this, it's like little things happen for a reason. And then, yeah, we did start, you know, hitting our stride and things were going well. And then, uh, you know, the plug was pulled a little bit. Before we get to the plug, <laughs> how are your parents still alive? Mm-hmm. Everybody's okay, good. Because um, the worst is when you're like, hey, what's your dad? And he's like, yeah, my dad died in a fire three years ago. And I'm like, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> no, th- th- thankfully, they're, they're, they're both good. alive and well. And that happened with Weird Al. <gasps> really? Way back in the day, I had Weird Al on, and I love him. And so I felt like, I don't need to look anything up. I love Weird Al. Oh. Why would I look anything up? I know everything by heart. I know all the songs by heart. I was a kid. Yeah. I used to remember. And I was like, what would your parents think about you deciding? And he goes, yeah, mom, I think his mom died in a fire or something. Jeez. Oh, yeah. It's what really oh. one of my where I felt how like do you it. How do you recover from that? You, you just go, you um, you don't really, but you just keep going. Okay. You just hop back in. Never address it. No. Because I've been with artists too, and they're I'm like, hey, so I know they have kids. I'm like, your kids? And they're like, well, I don't talk about my kids. And you can go, oh. Or you can go, so this other. Yeah. Just, just keep on moving. You're not going to how. Pound it, yeah. So we went through that. It was, it was awkward. Your parents are alive. Yes. Um, what are they, what at this point, you're in Seattle, you're on now in the mornings and kiss. Are they now like, you guys did the right thing. Oh yeah. They're, oh yeah. Yes. They're my, super proud. My mom was telling all of her friends that I had my own radio station in Seattle. She didn't know. Like, she's like, <laughs> owns this radio station in Seattle. I'm like, mom, I don't own a radio station in Seattle, but it was just like this, the most bragging moment ever I would hear from them. I'd come home to New Jersey and I'd bump into their friends. I'm like, oh, your father told me this, this, this. And it's like, you hear from their friends about your own yeah. life and it's yeah, and at that point they were like yeah you know it's kind of cool that you did that and i think for me i remember i've posted about this before when we used to drive to church in the morning um american top 40 was on the radio and that was hosted by casey Kasem, who's also lebanese and my dad's from lebanon emigrated here during the civil war and i remember their civil war not ours since 1856 he's really old um, and i remember every, it was like clockwork every sunday Casey Kasem would come on as we're on our way to church and my dad would always point out, you know, this guy's Lebanese. You could do anything. If he can do it, why keep can't you do it? Keep on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I, I remember getting my job and he never like made that connection once I got my job, but it was cool being a minority and knowing that someone else will look up to you and do that. And I think I, we've gotten messages like that. My kids love listening to you because they've never heard another Lebanese pe- person on the radio or on TV. And uh, I know my parents were proud of that too. So everything's rocking. Did you start to feel like, did you feel the Jaws music coming on? Doing it, doing it. I did. You did? And I thought it would have been COVID related. I kept telling my mom, mom, we're getting fired. I know. Why it. did you think that? I don't though? know. I had this feeling because I was watching everyone around me lose their jobs. And I also started thinking I could see us getting furloughed until people start driving to work again. You know, we're not, we're on and we're not syndicated where, you know, every city has their different rules right now. Seattle was shut down. Oh yeah, it was a ghost town for three months. Still is, like it's shut down. So I was like, it's going to happen. My mom's like, stop putting it out there. I'm like, no, I feel it. I just feel it. And we knew there were changes happening at other radio stations that were not our company. So we knew that there were people who were also available. So they're talking about Jubal across the street. And what station was he on? No, he had been fired. Mm Mm-hmm. He had been fired. Okay, I, everything's so confusing right now. Yeah. Okay, but he's off air. Yeah. He's not anyway. He's, he's no. He got cut. Okay, so and you guys, you feel it coming mm-hmm. because of like you say, everything around. 
hung up something on my wall in my house and it was the last thing I had to hang up finally after decorating. <laughs> and I said to Anthony, I said, I just hung up the last thing on my wall. We're going to get fired. And oh, seven man. days later, we got let go. And how does that call happen or meeting? Meeting. Yeah, it was we a got Told well, us to come back to the studio. Same restaurant. Meet no. us over here at Pluckers. <laughs> we, we, once they told us to come into the building, although we had been coming in, no one else was in the building because of the pandemic. So we're like, oh, well, we took a duffel bag and boxes to the studio. Oh, really? We knew it. Knew it. So how do they tell you? And are you both in there at the same time? Mm-hmm. Same time. And they just said, hey, we're making a, a change. Who's the, who, t- who has to tell you? Uh, two uh, of our managers, like two executive level yeah. people. RSVP and... Do I know them? Who are they? Probably uh, not. I don't think you would know them personally. You're not saying their name. Who are they? Oh, Rich Moore and Robert Dove. Don't know them. All right, no. continue okay. on. No. Which uh. sucks, I will say, because they were like dads to us. Yeah. Uh, I bet it sucked for them the, to have to do it. I Absolutely. agree more, more yeah. than it sucked for us to hear it. Oh, well, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say more, but I would say it's fair. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, like, Robert, I used to live in the same apartment building as Anthony, but Robert also lived in that apartment building. So, like... He lived down the hall from me for, like, three years. So... And it's great when you have these relationships with your management. But when that moment comes, it's like, you're almost like, how are you telling me this? Why couldn't you tell someone else to tell me? So they tell you, you walk out of the room. What's the conversation you guys have as you're walking down the hall? Well, we got to clean out our own office. So there was no one else to clean it. (laughs) It was just us. So we were, I was crying, cleaning out the office. Anthony, you hadn't cried yet, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So I don't, when I get upset, I also, I oftentimes don't talk at all. I'll just sit there. So, like the whole meeting that they were, when they were telling us what was going on, Carla Marie had questions. I think I may have said 12 words. Maybe. I don't even know what they were. Um, but yeah, we clear out the office, get all the stuff down to the car. And as we were doing like the final walk out of the elevator, I looked at Anthony and I said, We needed this. And he's like, I think you're right. And it just felt like looking back, yeah, you, like you said, Bobby, yeah, things were finally picking up, but were they really numbers wise? Mm, probably not. And I think that we had just been through so much in Seattle and we, we were trying to make something work that I don't think was going to work. And that's why this happened. It's not because we did anything wrong. We were told we didn't do anything wrong. We tried the hardest, but it just didn't work a few times. What would you do? To, let's just say, um, hypothetically, mm-hmm. Gotham City called. Not New York. I'm trying to think of a fictional city because <laughs> I don't know anyone right. anywhere. But Gotham City calls. Yeah, and they, they go, hey, we want you guys to come do a show. What kind of show do you guys want to do? It's a hit, it's a pop station. Um, like, what would you do that's a bit different on this show than the last show? Because I think that will be a question that you will get For asked. Sure. I do think that right away we would need to have a team in place. Like, none of this come along as we audition several people and you don't get to hear the people that you did fall in love with along the way. Like, we, yeah, granted, we loved our team in the oh, end, yeah. but there were other people who auditioned for that job that listeners fell in love with who didn't get the role. And then you're a listener and you're like, but I wanted that person. They didn't pick them. I think being introduced to a new city as a full show is huge. And yeah, the two of us were great together, but we do even better when we're surrounded by more people. Mm -hmm. And I know, Bobby, you could probably say the same thing. Like, yeah, you're great on your own, but when you've got Amy and everyone else in the room, it's way more fun. And we both know that about ourselves. Like we have more fun when other people are around. And I think having a full team that we both truly believe in with our manager, maybe, but starting 
from that day yeah. one, all of us, everything in place instead of, hey, move out to Seattle. Oh, then do this. Oh, then do this. Then pick your producer. Like we were just picking up pieces and trying to do the job yeah, without would, everything in place. I, I would think. say, and it's kind of piggybacking off of that. And this might be like for people who don't know radio and the way that the hierarchy works. We had so many managers in that four and a half years that we were there. We had so many different plans. We had so many different things. And a lot of those plans were good. But when you have 12 good plans, it makes zero good plans. I would and I compare think consistency it to a, a quarterback having offensive coordinators yeah. coming in every year. Like, it's exactly like you can be a like good that. quarterback, but you can't actually learn the full system unless you have time to spend mm-hmm. knowing their vision and how it intersects with your vision. Yeah, and I think just consistency is the only thing I would have asked for. And that's hard to ask, especially in our world. Um, but that would have been the only thing that I would have changed, just a little bit more consistency. Right now, is anyone going, hey, we may have something for you guys soon? No. Um, not, not we've yet. had some people reach out just to have kind of – Yeah, but there is – conversations it's, but it's also because there's no money being spent right so no, i'm not even saying that as, a, as about you guys but i'm saying that about just you guys plus the dynamic of nobody spending any money anyway None. and we're also having conversations with between the two of us with some friends and saying do we what do we want to do before someone offers us something what do we want to do do we want to grow something on our own i mean we started this twitch channel which isn't huge yet um, but it's a lot of fun and it's kind of like what we wanted to do on morning radio with a live audience that can interact through a chat room. Um, so what do we want to do moving forward? Do we want to go the traditional mainstream radio mo- model? Do we want to try something different? Carla Marie, your side hustlers podcast, even though, I mean, that was an iHeartRadio. Are you still doing it? At the moment, I am not. Because they don't want you to? Uh, I'm not really sure. But they're not letting you? Yeah. Really? Interesting. But you can if you end up getting back with the company. It's sitting there to be it's continued. It's waiting, yeah. I just can't see a world, and I'm just speaking candidly, that someone eventually, once in a few months, doesn't go, hey, you too, let's go. Yeah. And I don't say that as, I, I wouldn't fluff your butts if I didn't think, Thank I you. just wouldn't say it at all. I would just be like, oh, look at you guys. All right, 12 past the hour here, 74 degrees. <laughs> Um, Divorce I, and stroke on the way. We'll talk about it soon. <laughs> and it it um, it's tough to sit and just wait. And but I didn't, sorry to cut you off. It's also, I think, a welcomed relief. And I know you because you're someone who works a lot, right? Imagine if someone and you'd probably hated it first. Hated it first, but if someone said you have to sit still. Well, that's what the pandemic did to me. For mm-hmm. a month. But again, I got to keep working. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it shut me down from the road, shut me down from lots of things. And I think there are times where you don't like taking care of yourself or the people around you or the things that you care about. And I think we've been able to kind of back up and say, you know what? Let me actually get some sleep, maybe more than four hours a night. So there are benefits. It, it sucks at first when you're just sitting, especially when you're used to going at 100 miles an hour. But I think it's also a welcomed... Um, both mentally and physically and emotionally. That's great. I don't to, want to, just, I don't want to last forever. Listen, that's no. great to hear. I just know how neurotic I am. It's tough. And I would be like, okay, it's 6 p.m. Nobody's called me. They must hate me. I'm, I may probably never work in radio again. Okay, it's 7 p.m. I mean, yeah, God, that's, oh, that definitely happens. <laughs> like a, um, but I, I, I'm just saying as, as truly as I possibly can, I just can't see a world where somebody doesn't come at you guys and go, hey, look, you guys are proven. Mm-hmm. You're both wonderful personalities, hard workers. Let's go. And sometimes it's hard to see the forest from the trees when you're in the middle of the trees. And right now you guys are in the middle of that tree section oh, yeah. where you're really 
like, man, what's happening? But I'm glad to hear that's your perspective right now. And now, so you're not doing side hustles right now? No. Okay, are you, are you guys doing any podcasts at all? So you can catch our Twitch stream. That's where we're doing everything. No My Day Friday either? Wow. For right now, we're still figuring everything out. Oh, I'll be so pissed. Not wow. thrilled. Not thrilled. Wow. But no, and it's, you know what? It's, it's also us figuring out exactly what path we're going yeah. to take. So there's a lot of things in motion at the moment. Listen, I, I, I think you guys are great. Um, you're driving all around. People can watch your Twitch channel. Let me see yeah. if I remember here. It's twitch.tv slash Carla Marie and Anthony. Yeah. There you go. And then on Instagram... Carla Marie and Anthony. We have we each have accounts too. I have at worst Anthony. It's at worst Anthony on everything. I'm, Instagram, yeah. Twitter. It's I'm the Carla Marie on everything. Mm-hmm. And what about you two? Because you are you have did you do Everdate? No. no, no. Well, we actually when we met, um, I had a did I still have a girlfriend? I think I still had a girlfriend when we met. Um, I was friends with Carla Marie's boyfriend for a long time. Yeah. And it's funny, even as Carla Marie had a boyfriend, people thought we were dating, even though she would be posting with him. All the time. Well, Amy and I had that for 10 years yeah. of our career. I feel like you guys still get it sometimes. Now, I think it's a little more, it's a little more clear now. It, it's a little, <laughs> but, but um, we got that. But the difference is like you two, I don't ever see a boyfriend or a girlfriend Yeah, and, I, and haven't. Well, I normally make it a point not to post about relationship stuff. And I haven't had a long-term girlfriend for the last four and a half. But one of the things, and I don't know if you've ever dealt with this, Bobby, but as a guy in our world, it's very hard to be open about a relationship and not be made out to be the bad guy. Well, mostly because we're the bad guy when we're open about well, it. That. We suck. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's true. But, no, yeah. I, I, and I also, I try to protect the people who I am, who I do care about. Because there's, you know, in this world where everyone's a, a keyboard bully or a keyboard hero, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where you post things and comments that come through aren't necessarily the, the kindest. So I try to protect people. That's why I don't even really post about my family that often. Yeah, I mean, Caitlin struggles with that. People are so mean to her. They're just like, why? They are so mean to her. I don't, I don't get it. I love her. Just, I love her, and I've never met her. And she's like, I don't want to be in the public light. Yeah. I post like once every month on Instagram, but she, they, they're just so to the point where she has to. She limits comments now. Doesn't she, she limits. She just limits herself to even looking at it. She's like, I hate that. I, what did I do to? Well, this? And then I feel bad because yeah. I'm like, you know, she didn't sign up for that. And I feel the same way well, about She kind of did in yeah. that she knew what she was she, right. a little bit getting into, but it's so much more brutal than even I thought. Here's the thing about girls. They're meaner than guys are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's I, crazy. Her comments from girls make it just talking it terrible about her, bo- about her body, yep. um, about m- why she's with me. It's everything. And They're horrendous. To the point where it's, it, she, she has not good days because of it. And listen, who... And you can say, well, just get off social media because that's what I would say to her. Just get off of it. But then who do- I love it. Yeah. Why should she have to suffer? And I say that word meaning it, suffer yeah. from not, because she loves to be on TikTok and look at TikTok. She doesn't, she doesn't do very much on there, but she looks at She loves Instagram. I do too. And now because there are a couple dicks, mm-hmm. she can't get online. And it's like, why should she have to stop doing something that she enjoys because there are people who don't know how to use that platform like a normal human? Because no one... I, I, not no one, but not many people would probably say the things they say on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter to her face. Right. Yeah. Ever. Ever. They could be sitting next to her in the movie theater for two straight hours. They would never turn to her and say, yada, yada, yada. But, on, but because we're all living behind these keyboards, it becomes so easy and you don't realize there's an actual person attached to that picture. And she shouldn't have to change her 
normal behavior mm -hmm. because there are people who can't respect boundaries. They're insecure. Everything that I, she's gorgeous, obviously. She, everything I've heard from you, everything I've seen, she's an amazing person. And granted, that's what I get from social media. How is someone getting anything different than that? And it's it, because they're assigning it with their own mind. Yep, and, and they're insecure. And they're, and they're jealous. Yep. Yeah. Well, all that being said, you guys have never dated. No. no. Why don't you just go ahead and do it and then be <laughs> Bender and Jamie? <laughs> well, that well, didn't, that didn't end well either. So, although it had the same ending that our radio show did, so I guess it could have uh, happened. No, I don't know. But And do you think that you will not develop as adults and your roles change and you're not just two single adults as you get... How old are you, Anthony? 35. It's time, bro. Yeah. It's time. Right, it's, well. not, it's, it's not time to get married. Listen, I'm 40. Yeah. I'm not married. And you know I've had this conversation yeah. away. We, we kind of had this. But at some point, you have to go, man, I can't let my job completely affect my life. Yeah. No, we have had that conversation. I actually took, we had that conversation almost a year ago. Um, and I did take that to heart. And I tried to make sure that I was giving myself time to be a real person rather than just a person who works on the radio. And I think Carla Marie can probably back me up here. I did a better job, not a great job, but I did a better job of trying to carve out some personal time. No? Nah. I thought I did. Nah. I, made the, I made the effort <laughs> at least. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I, for me personally, it was after we got let go. I had a moment of, I just missed out on so much of my life for what? I put so much time and effort into this career. I said no to family things, things with my friends, things with you know, my own alone time for this career. For what? To lose it all. And I've since circled back on that. And I, I know how many lives I've touched and how many people I've met because of this career. And, and I take that sentiment back a little bit. But I've made a vow to myself that this, whatever this next career part of my life is, isn't going to get the same person that this last part got. I'll still do my job and be great at it but I'm not going to go above and beyond a career that I tend to retire from one day and hopefully have a family to the rest of my years with. And if I put it all into that career, I'm not going to have that family when I retire. Well, and in the counterintuitive way of what you're going to take away from your career to form a family, that family and those stories are actually going to be better for your, mm -hmm. for your radio job and career. Yeah. I have a question for you. Go ahead. Because we did have this conversation about a year ago about – finding time for your personal life and things like that. Um, and I'm pretty sure after that is when you, may, you met Caitlin, right? Sept we were probably together like September yeah. of last year. I met Caitlin in November. So then do you think it was just you were living your life normally and that happened or did you make a change B. to open yourself up? I completely made a change. Wow. What did you do? Didn't rush to judge. Okay. Didn't sabotage immediately. I'm guilty of that as well. Didn't yeah. do a lot of things that I wouldn't, I didn't really do anything differently, like outwardly. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't do was a lot of the things that I was doing that made the relationship really bad. Um, okay. I also- So it's like addition by subtraction almost. Absolutely. First and foremost, I met the right girl. But then I just didn't do all the dumb things that I had done before. And I'd met, I've met no one, I've been with anyone that's been anywhere close to, to Caitlin. So number one was meeting the right girl. But I definitely see how I could have just sabotaged myself and kicked myself in the, in the nuts and been like, ah, it's not going to work. She lived long distance. Yeah. yeah. She, you know, it, so, but it was great. Um, and we're great now. It's fantastic. It looks like it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, and you know, everything on Instagram is real. So. I know. Oh, of course, yeah. I know you said I love you. I'm so excited. I did, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I missed that. I, I was like, well, like, he didn't say it on Instagram, but if he had said it to Caitlin, oh, okay. I was like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> I First time ever to anybody. To anybody.
How do you feel? Great, because I do. Were you nervous before you said the words? It wasn't nervous. It was like a, my tongue was in my mouth. <laughs> it was yeah. like a little bit. Did you practice in the mirror first? No, no, no. I couldn't. I don't, couldn't. The only thing I've ever said it to is my dog, <laughs> ever. My last dog. Okay. That's, Not even this dog? Uh, now this dog. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But mostly it's like, I love you, but you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, I, in conclusion, I'd like to do a little exercise here. Okay. I, you know, I thought we'd do 20, 30 minutes. I would like for you, Anthony, first. I need you to say three positive words about yourself because I feel like we need oh, this right boy. now. Go ahead. I have to go first? You have to go first. Three positive words about yourself. Don't think about mine. You couldn't have picked a worse person for this. <laughs> I just started with a negative. <laughs> worst? Three um, positive words are up Three positive words. Um, faithful. Dedicated. Faithful, dedicated. Is loyal the same thing as you can, faithful? You can say your three. Do you know what's crazy is if I were to say, Anthony, say three nice words about Carla Marie. You don't have to. You'd be able to go bam, bam, bam. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to having to say things about ourselves in a Tough. positive light, it hurts and it yeah. shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah. It, sh it, it, it should almost flow out of you. Uh, Carla Marie, three positive things, three positive words about yourself. Supportive, caring, and I also have to throw loyal in there. It's the first one I thought about myself, but yeah. All right, you too. She was way better. I had time. <laughs> well, she had time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it just thrown on you. Yeah. First of all, good luck. Second of Thank all, you. you don't really need it. Thank you. Um, you know, my football coach would always say tough times don't last, but tough people do and tough talent people really do. And in the end, I think you'll learn and grow more from this than you would have. Oh, yeah. Had it just continued as was. And I think now you see that. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for this. And it's such a crazy thing to say, but I am. I am. So love love you guys you know that love you um mike anything you'd like to say to these two i also love you guys yeah love see mike D. look at that mike's one of my favorite people no yeah. offense to you bobby yeah. <laughs> you probably spent more time with mike yeah I have, exactly have. <laughs> yeah. I, will, more time <laughs> I will say this i still i have this rotation of of shows that i listen to normally they're iHeartRadio radio shows and uh other than elvis who's like my actual family basically yeah i listen to you guys all the time and it's because i love what you guys do I love what you've been able to, to build. And one day, Marie and I can build something that is even a quarter of the success that you've done. And it, what you guys do is amazing and encouraging. Oh, I appreciate that. That's kind. I, one of the nicest things, because I came to Austin a few years ago for iHeart Country Festival. Mm -hmm. yep. And we had got off stage. And I still remember this. We, I got off, I, we played. We did a set and we played. And we got off stage and I got, and listen, in my heart, I'm just a radio guy. And I, and I get a lot of crap from other radio people that don't know me. Mm -hmm. And he sucks. He shouldn't be where he is today because he's not good. How's he? It's nonstop, right? Yep. Nonstop. Jealousy. However, and I like outwardly, you know that, but still when it's hitting you, of you're like, you're like, what's happening here? Like all I am is a kid who had no connections at all, worked at a tiny station and has every step, ladder step, just over and over and over again. And to have people being hateful because of success, you're like, it's bizarre. You're it like, sucks. why are? It's so weird. However, on the flip side of that, I remember getting off stage and I'm not a musician. I'm an entertainer, but I'm not a musician, but we get up and we play. We have a pretty funny band, whatever. And Carla Marie sent me a text that was like, hey, to see a radio person get up and do that, that was freaking awesome and inspiring. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah. That you would just send that text, not because of what I did. I do stupid stuff. But because you sent that text, uh, that text and said it that way, that was awesome. It's true. And it, may, it makes people like us in the role that we're in think, 
you can be more than this. You can be more than what you're doing and you can have other dreams. I mean, anyone, really anyone, not just anyone in radio, you can have other dreams than what you're currently doing. And to see you guys get up there, yeah. I mean, I lose my mind every time I see you guys perform live because it's just the coolest thing. I full-blown, like, fangirl. And that doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, it's like, she fall does. Out, boy. She does. It's, it's kind Harry, of weird. Harry Styles and me. It's real <laughs> weird. But it's... I love it. Like, I am nothing but a radio guy who said, well, let me use my platform to do a little bit of local TV, a little bit of writing for a local newspaper. Okay. Hmm. Let me go and fly to California and try for anything. On the, oh, and spend all my own money back and forth, back and forth, just to meet people, just to beg. And then it's, and the, but then when it all happens and all of a sudden you're an overnight success and you don't deserve it, you're just like, why, why are people in our industry, they, like, that's my frustration. Because I want to be someone they can look at and go, dang, Look at him. Look, look at the work he's put in. made to do that. Well, well I'll say we this. We look at you, you like that. I'll say that. <laughs> and I think you need to be, just like you were telling us, it's better to be kind to yourself. I think you, yes, you are a radio person at heart, but you're a radio person who has not been afraid, or at least you've taken the chance to do different things. And every time, it's not easy to do different things. It's not easy to say, I'm going to go do stand-up comedy, or I'm going to go see if American Idol wants to have me out. Whatever, like, I'm not I'm going to go Dancing with the Stars. You've been... Who takes well, I was naturally gifted at that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 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 We could tell. Okay, but... I could tell. We got to wrap it up. Yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> follow them on social media. Check out their Twitch channel and their show. And hopefully, we'll do an update on this whenever you guys have a job again. Deal. Yes. You're rocking. Thank you. All right. Good to talk to you guys. You too. I definitely didn't expect this to be an hour-long uh, interview into the entire Carla Marie Anthony story, <laughs> but I'm glad it was. I really enjoyed this, and I hope you guys did too. Yeah. Um, we don't spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about radio, but hopefully you found this interesting. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, on right now with Damon Whiteside, the president of the Academy of Country Music, the ACMs. Damon, how are you? I'm doing great, Bobby. How are you? Hey, real good. Excited to talk to you because, you know, the awards are coming up. However, before I talk about what's happening in a week or so, right? It's a week. Yeah, it's about a week, huh? It's one week from today, but who's counting? Right. Okay, so before then, this thing... This ACM Awards show was supposedly going off, what, seven months ago, eight months ago, and it because of COVID never uh, happened. Right. It was going to be April 5th, and then it was canceled, and we ended up moving it here to Nashville. And there was a lot that happened in between that, right? Like, I mean, you had to think, first of all, are we going to cancel it? Can't have it in, Nash- in, in Vegas. Do we have it in Nashville, you know, late April? Was there a lot of that before it was finally shut down? Oh, yeah. It, it was definitely months of researching and having conversations. And honestly, it was very difficult to find a venue to house it um, because so many tours had been and shows had been canceled and moved to the summer. At that time, we all kind of thought this COVID thing was going to be temporary and everything would be back to normal in the summer. So it was really hard to find venues. And we literally scoured the country. But we ultimately wanted to be in Nashville just because we, you know, it's the home of country music, but also we wanted to be make it safe for our artists um, so that they can just be at home and, and drive down and not have to travel. And, um, you know, so many in our industry have been hit really hard by this and out of work. And so we didn't want to require the industry to have to travel. So we just basically decided to put it in their backyard. It's happening Wednesday, September 16th, and it's hosted by Keith Urban. My question about Keith is, did you know Keith wouldn't be nominated for Entertainer of the Year when he was picked to, to, to host and be like that guy? 
Uh, no, we did not know at that time uh, when we discussed with him about um, him hosting, but he's our reigning entertainer of the year right now, and he actually jokes that he's the longest-running reigning entertainer since our show's been moved <laughs> back to September. Um, so it's it's great to have to have him in the show. You're doing it from three different spots. All are super important, not just to me personally, because I've played all of them, but just to country music and the history of country music. So talk about those three spots where the show will be broadcast from. Oh my gosh, it's it's like a dream come true to have this show happening in the three most famous country music venues in the world. Um, but yes, it'll be um, live from the Grand Ole Opry and the Bluebird Cafe, um, and we're going to have moments also from the Ryman Auditorium. So it's really, absolutely, you know, just going to be magical and such a such a homage to country music and just you know all the legends that have been before us. The Bluebird's interesting because, you know, again having performed there myself, it's so small. People are are right on top of you when you do play because it's so small. But it's definitely a songwriter's room. And what you guys have done is you've put people in that situation to kind of play to that scenario, right? Isn't Miranda doing something something with the songwriters who wrote Bluebird? She is, yeah. Miranda's uh, performing with Natalie Hemby and Luke Dick, who wrote Bluebird with her. So that's going to be a really cool um, setup. And I think something, we haven't seen her perform that song yet with the songwriters. So that's going to be kind of a neat way to present that. Do you know who's won the awards already? I do not know who's won. A lot of people have asked me that, but no, they are still under lock and key with uh, Deloitte, um, who's our accounting firm that holds all that securely, and they will be on site the night, live on site at the Opry House and handing envelopes to the presenters that night um, to see who's going to win. So, um, so, yeah, it's still a big mystery. Explain to me how that works, Damon, because you pay a firm to do what? count votes from people and then keep it secret? Yes. It's, it's just to ensure the integrity of the awards. So they manage our voting process, and they, they are the ones that um, hold all of that information, and they analyze it to make sure that there's not been any kind of discrepancies in any of the voting or anything like that. They flag it immediately if anything looks um, off in any way. Uh, but yeah, it just ensures that everything is accurate and that we really maintain the integrity of the awards. And they, they do not share it with us until they literally, on that stage that night, they've got the envelopes and they hand them physically from, from the Deloitte person to the presenter that walks out and reads it. You know, it feels like, you know, the ACMs are, they're happening so quick and it's the first big award show since pandemic. And I hear your email just blowing up. Is your life now right now like hey let me get on that show let me get a music performance slot on that show i mean is it just all the time right now for you it is although you know i'll say at this point we're done with the booking at this point but the last you know two months has definitely been that way we've had a ton of interest which has been great and being involved with the show but i have to say it's going to be this year in you know talking with our executive producer rack clark um who works tirelessly on this show we figured out that we've got like 25 artists in the show performing and it's going to be like 40 hits in the show. It's probably going to be more songs than an artist than we've ever had in an ACM show. So it's pretty incredible being that, you know, in the midst of COVID, we're able to be in these three incredible venues and have more music than we've ever had. Uh, but that's what we were really going for was just to have a night that truly is celebrating music and bringing some comfort 
to the fans and just giving everybody just a really good time and a great way to reflect on all these great artists that are going to win these big awards. If I can toot your horn for a second, you know, you guys have suggested that these artists play hits. You mentioned that. You know, because sometimes on award shows, an artist wants to play their thing that's about to come or has just started, and we, the viewer watching, go, I don't even know this song. However, as I look at the list here of of songs that these artists are playing, Gabby Barrett's playing I Hope, Uh, Carrie Underwood's doing a classic country melody, you have Miranda Lambert doing Bluebird. Morgan Wallen's doing Whiskey Glasses. You have, so like as a thank you from me to you and how you're putting on the show, because I feel like I speak for a lot of the, the viewers, like thank you for having these artists do songs that we know. Mm-hmm. That was a big important part of it. Yeah, as we, you know, we wanted to bring some familiarity and we really want to bring, you know, some of the fans really just, they want to sing along. And so we, we felt that that was really important. And so there are a lot of songs that, um, you know, the fans are certainly going to know every word by heart. We even have a huge opening at the beginning of the show where all of our entertainers of the year, the nominees uh, for entertainer of the year, are all going to perform one of their first ever number one hits. So you're going to hear classic hits from the entertainer nominees that they haven't performed on stage you know, in years and years. So it's going to be pretty neat to see all of that. But there's also going to be, you know, a few songs that, you know, maybe people are a little less familiar with, but we're excited about that because we really want to hit the right tone. And, um, you know, there's just some really beautiful songs, such as Trisha Yearwood is going to be doing an In Memoriam, which is unlike anything we've ever done before. And she's doing a beautiful song called I'll Carry You Home. Um, uh, Mickey Guyton, of course, is going to do What Are You Going to Tell Her, which is an incredibly powerful song. So I'm excited just, you know, for people to hear some music that they also haven't uh, memorized yet. A, c- a couple of those other ones that are newer that I'm looking forward to are Luke Combs doing Better Together from Blue- from the Bluebird, which I think is going to be freaking great. And then Marin Morris doing To Hell and Back, which she's played on my show pretty recently. And it's just such a good song. So it's like, there's a distinction you have to make between wanting to hear hit or if it's just so compelling new. And I think you guys have really nailed that. It's a good, it's a good mix. And, you know, and it's interesting, like Thomas Red is doing, performing with John Party. They're doing Beer Camp Fix, which they were originally going to do that back in April. And we were really glad that they're still going to do that because it's a lot of, you know, going to be a lot of fun. And um, Old Dominion, too, I think one, one fun thing for this year is that they're going to do a medley of their number one hits. And so that's that's great, too, because I think fans are going to hear that and just go, you know, wow, I love all of these songs. And so it's just going to be wall-to-wall music and just a lot of great artists. All right, Damon. Well, if uh, I feel like just in this call, you have 73 emails to return, just this that I heard, <laughs> and uh, probably 100 texts. So I'll let you go. But let me remind everybody, uh, Wednesday, September 16th at 7 Central, wherever you are, but 7 Central, Keith Urban's hosting. It's the ACM Awards. I personally cannot wait because I've been craving a good old live country music awards show. I've been wanting this one since April, and I'm super pumped it's in Nashville, damn it. So yeah. good luck and thank and, you. And we're going to be? I will be there. I'll be presenting. I, I would rather toot your horn than mine during this segment, but I will be presenting. And it's uh, there's no red carpet. It's all COVID. So it's like you go in, you do your deal, you, you don't touch anybody else, right? And then you, you, you're done. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. It is all touchless, and artists just stop their butts, walk in, and they walk in, they do their thing, and they walk out, and they never near anybody else except for you know maybe their own personal manager. That's it. I love a touchless ceremony. All right, Damon. Yeah. Good to talk to you, my friend. Good luck. 
All right. Take care, sir. Appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Damon Whiteside, president of the ACMs. Here's the thing. For me, well, I'm not taking a date. I would, I would have taken Caitlin. I was taking her back when the original one was happening. Mm-hmm. So I would have taken Caitlin, but I still have to buy or find nice clothes. Mostly I have to buy them because nobody, I'm not famous. So no one wants to give me clothes yeah. to wear because then it makes the clothes look cool. <laughs> so I have to buy it. I'm super pumped that I get to do this. But the one mini drawback is I have to go buy new clothes for the award show. You haven't had to do that in a while. I haven't. That's a good thing, though. No. All right. Uh, thanks to Damon Whiteside. And you guys, be sure to check out the ACMs. So what I have here is a list from Slate. A list of the dirtiest number one songs before WAP. Eddie, you know what WAP is? Yeah, that's the, the new song. I don't, I mean, I, I don't really, if it came on, I wouldn't even really recognize it, but I heard of it. It's WAP, not WAP, right, Mike? WAP, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of stay away not from it. Not to be confused with that, what's that other one? The WAP, the WAP. The WAP. Remember that one? Yeah, but by com- J Dash. Completely different though. Do you, you know, know what WAP stands for, right? No. Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't know the whole yeah. reason of this. this that we're about to no, do this story. I do not. What is it? <laughs> the the W in WAP stands for wet. Yup. And is A A P? Wet. A P. Okay, got it. Got it. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do. Do we have a edited version? Because it is not an edited version. Yeah, there is because I've heard it before. Oh, really? Yeah. I could find it. So, yeah, so that's a very dirty song. And, you know, it's uh, it's Cardi B and Megan The Stallion, yep. right? Fighting. Okay. So, I have a list here of the dirtiest number one songs before. What's that? It's the edited version. I said certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet, wet. Make that, make that game weak. <laughs> I want to hear the hook. So instead of wet a P, what they say. Beat it up, baby. Here we go. Look at my thighs. What is wet? Come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. That's role play. I wear disguise. I want you to park that big Mac truck right in this little garage. Make me dream. Make it stream. I don't public. Make the scene. I don't cook. I don't clean. But let me tell you, I got this ring. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down inside of me. Quick jump out for you. Let it get inside of me. I tell them where to put it. Never tell them where I'm about to be. I run down on them. Me. Talk your pal. Bite your lip. Ask for a call while you ride that dick. Why you really ain't never got him flying for a thing. He already. Anyway, we can hear a, a hook here. Look, I need a hard hit. I need, and that's where I'm headed. Cookie one. Because I need, I feel like I need to go to confession. I'm not even Catholic. Happening right now. Oh, you're saying they may have cut the whole thing out? Well, Eddie, you get it, right? I'm, I think I get the idea, Bones. WAP is Dude, wet. if I if I went home and my kids were listening to this crap, I would freak out. Okay, well, that's why I bring up this this list here. The number 15 dirtiest songs before WAP, according to Slay. Number 15, Whistle from Flo Rida, 2012. Now, Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, and, and kids were singing this like crazy because they just thought it But you know what Blow yes. My Whistle is, obviously? I think I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, the first, but, but again, but it, it's nothing dirty about blowing a whistle. Obviously, there's a second meaning. No, no, that's the that's yeah. the first meaning. Oh, not just blowing the whistle. No, <laughs> and then they whistle in it to cover their bases a little bit. <laughs> Lollipop from Lil Wayne, which was very dirty. 
It's like same as a whistle, right? Yeah, I'm a lot like my lollipops. <laughs> These are all number one songs, by the way. <laughs> Akon with Snoop Dogg of you, but the original version is I Want to F You. Very dirty. Yeah. Dang. Here you go. I know you see me looking at you and you already know. You. Oh, there's a, that's Whoa. the bad version. Whoa. That's the bad version. <laughs> Dang. We gotta like flip that or I'll, something. I'll reverse it. Okay. I was not expecting that either. <laughs> Did it for effect. Holy crap. Uh, and number 12 is Ludicrous Moneymaker. That one doesn't seem so dirty as compared to Lollipop and Whistle, and I just wanna blank you. No, because what's Moneymaker? Your butt? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not bad. No, not so bad. And numbers, now there's number 11, Laffy Taffy. Same thing, same kind of thought. Yeah. I don't understand the Laffy Taffy. What do you mean? It's your butt. Yeah, but how is a butt a Laffy Taffy? Well, it's a thick piece of chewable. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) Okay. Okay, got it. You never thought of it like that? No, never. I've never looked at a butt and be like, that's a Laffy Taffy. Well, right but there. you heard Laffy Taffy knew his butt like thick and chewy. Shake that Laffy Taffy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now at that least that's what down. I Thank think. You. I don't think it's a butt. Oh, you don't? No. Oh. <laughs> Why do you not think it's a butt? Well, I just looked it up on Urban Dictionary and it's not a butt. Oh. Oh, Bones. You're wrong. I never thought it was a butt. You never, you thought it was the front? I mean, I didn't think anything about it. <laughs> what is it, Mike? I always thought Shake That Laffy Taffy was the butt. It's not the back. It's the front. Oh, oh. Well, I feel weird about that song now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's a reason it was never in Laffy Taffy commercials. Apparently, uh, Candy Shop, Fifty Cent. That was always a pretty dirty one. Two thousand five. I take you to the candy shop. I let you lick the lollipop. I mean, come on! I'll take you to the candy shop. Lick the lollipop. Hit the spot. Whoa. Two thousand five. We used to play on the radio all the time. I mean, dirty, dirty, dirty. Uh, number nine, slow motion, juvenile. Slow motion for me, moving slow motion for me. Oh, I like it like that. You know that one? Heard it. You don't know it though. That's not too dirty, right? Um, I think it gets into the the verses, and it gets a little more descriptive in what he wants in slow motion. Oh, okay. <laughs> he gets he describes it one by one. Oh, 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 oh. Here we can listen to a second of it. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. Now we got to reverse that. <laughs> did you hear that, Eddie? I did hear That's it, That was the number one, too? N- yeah, it was number one. It came out and he goes, I'm a D thrower, but unedited. <laughs> you put all these in for effect for us. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Too Close from Next. Massive song. Just about basically dancing and getting a boner. Oh, that's funny. Number this is a jam. This song was a jam. And I was a teenager when this song came out. And I remember thinking, this is a good song. Uh Baby Got Back, 1992, number seven on the dirtiest number one. Which just was a butt song. But then he did hit us with the 
My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. And when you refer to your penis as an anaconda in a song, it does uh-huh. elevate the dirty level. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is Cream from Prince, which is very dirty. I've never listened to that song to be dirty. Now I know Me it's extremely dirty. I guess we're just, they're just kind of hiding in plain sight, but they just turn us a little bit to the right. So we're like, what, what, what the? and we don't see it. It's like, I just thought whistle was about a coach. Uh-huh. Yeah, here, 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 here's my whistle. Blow it. <laughs> hmm. uh, number five, we'll get to the top five uh, dirtiest songs here. Uh, like a Virgin from Madonna's number five. 1984, I imagine this song was extremely controversial. For sure. Massive, but and I don't remember it, obviously. I was too young. But just having the word virgin in a song is probably crazy. Number four, Afternoon Delight from the Starland Vocal Band, 1976. Afternoon Delight. Come on. That feels like a folksy porno song. Like, Mamas and the Pop is singing that about getting it on later. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're not breaking down Afternoon Delight or what it means, it kind of sounds like a very just generic a, song. A fun lunch with the family, except it's yeah. not. Yeah. Number three is Ray Stevens' The Streak, which is... <laughs> oh, yes, they call him The Streak. It's about someone who streaks more than... That's funny you threw that in there. I didn't put it in here. And I love Ray Stevens. Uh, number two, Chuck Berry, 1972, My Dingling. My dingling, I love to play with my dingling. You've heard this before? Yeah, I used to play it all the time for fun, to be funny. Yeah, 1972. Uh, and then finally, Eddie, the number one song, a massively famous song. What do you think the... No, it's it's tough to go what do you think the number one is, but what do you think the number one dirtiest is? Probably one of the biggest songs in American pop culture history. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, Extremely famous opening riff. Beat it? No. <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Although beat it's funny. How stupid. Earlier, um, one of the biggest groups in rock and roll history. So the Beatles. No, the second biggest. I said one of them. Who's the second biggest? The Rolling, the, the Rolling Stones. Okay, 1965 Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm, 65. I, I can't get no satisfaction? Satisfaction, yeah, that's it. Really? Here it is. I guess back in the day, that was a very dirty song. Huh. He's just saying like he just can't get any? I guess not. You know, all these songs kind of hide it a little bit. They never go right at it. 
Womp no. goes right at it. <laughs> Dude, there's no hiding that one. And the other Snoop Dogg one that you played. Yeah, I just want to blank you, Akon and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't hide it either, I guess. Yeah, just go right at it. Yeah. That's a good point. That one just goes... <laughs> <laughs> at one point, there was an Enrique Iglesias song. Because yeah. tonight I'm loving you. And it was a hit. But the real version was, because tonight I'm new. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember. You played that one, too. Yeah. Shocking. Uh, okay. Uh, you might have broken that news to me. I think we were playing golf or something. You're like, dude, do you know what that really means? We're like, whoa, that's crazy. Because obviously we're listening to Enrique's so we're playing golf. <laughs> For sure. That's all we did. All right. We just wanted to spend 10 minutes so I'm going over. I thought this was so funny. I didn't want to make it a significant part of the podcast. And I wanted to put it at the very end in case people didn't want to get sexified on the podcast. <laughs> But that's a list of the dirtiest number one songs before WAP. Eddie, uh, promote your podcast. Uh, Sore Losers podcast, me, Lunchbox, and Ray. Uh, we sports podcast, but we do talk about a lot about our lives and just kind of what we do personally. All right, there you go. Check out the Sore Losers. All right, Eddie, thank you. Thanks, man. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today.